something I was going to say. Break, draft, trade. Unfortunately, Papa wasn't able to join us for this podcast, so this show you get the best of Nick and Noble. It's you and me today. We have a special episode of the Nick and Noble show and just roll with it. Mm-hmm. It'd be like the, the Golden Girls or something. What is it? Laverne and Shirley? Or what was that? Was it Laverne and Shirley? And they did that like, Who, who's the morning show people? Uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That could be us. <laughs> and they were funny. We're funny. It's yeah. practically the same thing. Practically. I loved, loved Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> Gonna be honest. <laughs> you don't even know who it is. Never watched an episode. <laughs> I've seen it on TV. Oh my passing. God. Passing. Get it. Heard of it. Laverne and Shirley. How do you spell Laverne? Very carefully. <laughs> Listen, I have my strong things. Spelling ain't one of them. Math isn't either. Mm. I don't really know mm. what my strong suits are. I'm a great, <laughs> I'm a great crafter. <laughs> Arts and craftsy. I was right. Sort of. <laughs> song maybe we can get the rights for this absolutely not we're gonna make our dreams come true (laughs) doing it our way (laughs) it's this is us she's holding a baseball bat wrong sport (laughs) there's no stopping us no well these are things for video (laughs) on our yeah this is this is good this is good we gotta roll with this we need to get the rights to that yeah i don't know break draft trade papa and dad runner do we know dad runner's name no (laughs) these are just father figures to us father figure he runs like a dad (laughs) he's got a dad bod (laughs) we don't know that sorry dad runner you might have a magnificent body we don't really know Dad won't make the show. I didn't mean that that offensively. (laughs) He's got a dad bod. Actually, you know, dad bods are in right now. So, work it. Mm. (laughs) I won't make the show. You know, I love when you say that, and then it makes the show. (laughs) Yeah, usually starts it. Oh, so the reason I'm Olaf, my light is broken. It turns on, it is stuck on the brightest white and won't change. This bright white light, my face. You know what's nice, though, is you're really blending into the white of your background. Hilarious noble, thank you. <laughs> I don't tan much. I have to burn a lot first. You blended with the color of my chair. <laughs> if you were sitting in my chair, it would be like camouflage. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Currently visually appealing in Casper. Yeah, yeah, I would fit in with ghosts or I would survive in Arctic climates. <laughs> <laughs> Polar bear. Polar bears are really cute. <laughs> no, it was like I was like burping or something. <laughs> Don't put that in there. Nick, I'll, I'll come for you. <laughs> I'm putting both those statements in there. They had Pacheco? No, this isn't, this isn't the Chiefs. This is the 49ers. The 49ers. Okay, cut that out. <laughs> I have had two white cloths. I've had two red stripes. Hooray, Nick, beer. Nick, I swear to God, I will come for you again. Look at, um... Oh my god, the quarterback. Uh, the brother. Did he play for the Colts? What? What am I? Yeah. Why am I? I'm, I'm having 
I'm having white claw brain right now. Why can't I think of his name? Help me out here. So, okay, time out. What quarterback are you trying to talk about? You really don't know who I'm talking about? You haven't said enough for me to know. What do you mean? What are you referencing? What are you relating does, it to? He does the State Farm commercials, I think. Oh. I, I am literally having the biggest dead brain right now. Matt Ryan? You said Colts quarterback? Andrew Maybe Luck? I have the wrong team. He was in blue, for sure. <laughs> it was blue in the jersey. Eli Manning? Oh, no, his brother. Manning. Eli Manning. Peyton Manning. God, why oh, did that? Oh, my God. My brain my hurts so bad. God. I can't. Peyton Manning. He had the plantar fasciitis. The whole point of this was foot injury, toes, whatever. And that was just, that was done. He was done. So, that long bit, we can summarize it with... <laughs> Oh, McLaurin hurt his toe. He's done. He's done. Summarize. Did I, did I get it all there? You know, it wasn't as colorful as my story. Yes, yours was more elaborate and had Jeopardy-themed songs associated. And... I literally cannot wait to hear the editing. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. And today we have only one of our fantasy brains. We are without Papa Bear Claw, Mike, but we do have Olaf, Casper. <laughs> now you're just being mean. No, I'm never mean. We do have my fantasy football bestie. So this is going to be a really fun show. We may have to rename it just for today. The Nick and Noble show. So Nick James <laughs> is our fantasy brain. He is going to be giving you all the best advice for this episode. Nick, say hello to your friends, fans, and whoever else might be listening. Hello, hello. And thank you for joining us for the rank draft trade Nick and Noble edition. Nick and Noble. It's like Mork and Mindy, but better. <laughs> mm, yeah, and ha- it has that uh, that double N. Yeah. So today, as promised, we are diving in to the tight end pool party. Of course, this is always the highlight of my mock drafts because you know I love a good tight end. 24 picks that would come mid-range mock. Where are we starting from here? Where, where is this mock actually starting from if we were ranking? Like, where are these, these values? So we've drafted 24 quarterbacks, 24 running backs, 24 wide receivers. So do the math. 72 picks. <laughs> I was much quicker than I could do it. <laughs> we will finish this draft at 96. <laughs> yes. So that is where we're picking, including some, of course, tight ends. Yep. So until now, you it's just been by position. Now it's tight ends and the rest of the pool party. And we all love a pool party. So adult beverage, your towel, your goggles, your snorkel, whatever you need for your floaties, whatever you need for this pool party, strap in and get ready because we are mocking. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the enthusiasm. Woo <laughs> 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 that That's really not what you do at a pool. So let's let's make a splash with this mock draft. It's pretty good. So is the <laughs> oldest guy the first one to show up to the pool party? The best guy is the one to show up at the pool party. He is like a bottle of fine freaking wine. Mm, I don't freaking. care if you can argue with me, freaking wine. Okay? Mm. He is a bottle of the most expensive champagne. He gets better with time. Mm. I know. Mm. 
This is probably not your favorite dynasty pick here, but I refuse for him to not be my number one tight end off the board. And of course, you all know if you've been listening, I always get the first pick, ladies before gents. I went with Mr. Ageless, Travis Kelsey. I know, Nick, you probably were like, duh, of course she's picking him, but you will probably have an argument why you wouldn't pick him, but he's a cheat code, period. I'll deal with a new tight end when he no longer plays, but while he's on the field, I want him on my team. So there's an argument that Travis Kelsey is the most valuable piece you can have on a fantasy team because what he scores quote-unquote, more than the next tight end is the biggest difference between any other couple of players. Like, it just at this one slot where you're always required to play a tight end, you have an automatic advantage of X amount at least. And that's based off last year, where in just like a normal non-tight end premium league, Kelsey scored five more points than Kittle, who was the second in average, is that you can't necessarily take last year's stats and copy and paste it onto this year, because you go back two years... Mark Andrews finished with a better average than Kelsey by a little over a point. That's still Kelsey two years. And then like it, you can go back and back and back and find Kelsey. Go back three years. Kelsey was three and a half points more than number two, which was Darren Waller that year, mm-hmm. and which was 2020. Then you go back to 2019 and Kelsey's back to second again with just slightly less per week than George Kittle. Your twin, your doppelganger. Yep. So the argument for Kelsey is that he gets you this, they look at last year's stats they do the math and it's like this advantage is massive this advantage was massive look over four years how it's gone kelsey's probably going to be one of the top couple guys until he retires you have that security will it actually be the huge point advantage over tight end two three four five that it was last year probably not quite that big of a gap so i don't have a problem actually taking travis kelsey as the first tight end off the board especially when you're not trying to do like some kind of productive rebuild build and rebuild right out of the gate having Kelsey you already have one of your championship pieces would you have picked him here I wanted you to go first so I didn't have to make that decision (laughs) you knew I was going first and you knew I was going to make that decision It's this that is going to make a lot of these picks difficult to just universally apply. It depends, like how your perspective works, how you play the game. With Mike, with me, we trade so frequently, you're playing the value game more often than not, because if you don't end up liking it, then you flip it, or you use this piece that you know is worth X amount of value and move it into whatever you need, when you need it. If you're not going to trade, then why not draft Kelsey, then trade for him halfway through the year when you're trying to win. I can see all kinds of arguments for it. There's a good chance that Andrews is going to be one of the top five tight ends for a long time, and it's supposed to be even better passing attack this year, and he's going to be around longer than Kelsey's going to be around inevitably, even if Kelsey already is breaking rules by being good still. This is the same kind of argument we are having with Brady. I was like, he'll even be back next year. He's not back. Yeah. So eventually that's going to happen with Kelsey, but at least until that happens, you're locked in with a couple top couple tight end. So if you want to play the long game you might not be taking kelsey as the first tight end off the board but as soon as you get the redraft season you're definitely taking kelsey first off the board or you're going to see it in all the drafts because they're redraft league he's a first round pick i have to say this year more than years past i have seen kelsey go way higher than i've ever seen kelsey go so like i don't know what's going on out there in the fantasy world but people are they've always been crazy about kelsey but this year more than ever i'm a little surprised 
surprised at how frequently he's going, let's just say top three. And sometimes not even in leagues that have tight end premiums. And that one surprises me a little bit because in a tight end premium, I'm a little more inclined to take Kelsey like way up front in any type of startup or redraft. But without a tight end premium, I don't know that I would use my first round pick even for Kelsey. So it's interesting to me. It's very interesting to me to see how consistently he's been going as high as he's been going. Your observations are correct. It does seem like Kelsey's been knee jerked even up more than last year, where last year you make the same argument that he's old. Yeah. And last year, the amount that he was better by over five points a game, better than the next tight end, makes it where if you copy paste that onto this season, he's definitely worth that pick. The problem is, is that you go back to like last three years before that, nobody was more than three and a half points and it was Mm -hmm. one and a half points and almost the same. Usually that doesn't happen. It just happened last year. Yeah. I think there was a lot of draft regret last year. And then Mm -hmm. this year people were like, I'm not making that mistake again. I'm getting my guy. The problem with that is playing the player the week after they blow up every time. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen the next week. You needed to play him the week before. Right. You needed to believe the week before. So when one of the most predictable things is the passing of time, it's a pretty consistent thing. And we have a large sample that time will continue to pass at the same rate. Yeah. (laughs) Father time. (laughs) Then you can at least track that and say, if Andrews is top five for seven years and Kelsey is probably top two for at least a couple years, but then it could end up being like a top five thing for the last couple years. I kind of want Andrews more. So speaking of Andrews, we've already talked about him quite a bit in this segment about Kelsey. Nick picked second. And of course he went with Mark Andrews here because I made his decision for him by taking Kelsey. So anything else you want to add in about Andrews that we haven't already established? He's been a top tight end in recent years. He's a few years older than like Hawkinson. I debate that maybe Hawkinson takes a step up or maybe Pitts takes a step up and we get to next year. If Andrews doesn't like, wow, then maybe he's the fourth tight end. But I don't know if he's going to fall any farther than that. So he's kind of locked in. Pitts still has yet to be a top tight end. He's 100% built on hype and hope and prospect and athleticism. Thousand yard rookie year. Wow. Tight end. Still wasn't a tight end one. Yeah. This is hope to get him here. But he's younger than these other guys too. So you get lots more years to hope that it eventually happens. Andrews has more security than him. He's proven. Mm -hmm. And Hawkinson, he has more security, proven track record than Hawkinson. Hawkinson just got a wide receiver one drafted next to him. New offense coordinator could be a little different. Could be okay. Could be awesome. And he ends up passing Andrews. But based on track record, and it's like, I'm not thinking a whole lot more than three years out. And Andrews won't be 30 for another three years. So I'm probably rolling with Andrews here as the two tight end off the board of the whole pool. Yeah, I'm not super surprised on that pick. I would say 99.9% of the time, Mark Andrews goes second after Kelsey. I will say in the speakeasy draft, Hawkinson went second, which I mean... (laughs) 
Hey, like you just said, maybe we're thinking ahead there, but moving on to Papa Bear Claws pick, Mike's pick, Mr. Hype and Hope himself, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I like that. Hype and Hope. <laughs> I'll be honest, I have major recency bias with Kyle Pitts. It might be a bad thing, but he is currently on my do not draft. I have not drafted one single share. I don't even know that I have a single share of Kyle Pitts. Year one, r- rookie year, he survived on yardage with very little touchdowns. And then last year was just kind of a disaster in Atlanta. Had two different quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, they just struggled in general. So obviously when your quarterback is struggling, unfortunately, the guys who are supposed to be catching the balls from the quarterback are struggling as well. But do you think Kyle Pitts bounces back this year? Well, it gets more and more distant from the last time we've seen Kyle Pitts play a regular season. NFL game. It was all the way back to week 11 of last year. That's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Comes in, he's younger than tight ends are supposed to be when they're actually effective and puts up a thousand yards, has over a hundred targets. Last year was probably on pace to do something really similar anyways. It's still going to be a crappy QB situation. It'll still be the same wide receiver situation as last year. They obviously have a much better running back. It's probably going to be more of a running theme this year. Kyle Pitts is more wide receiver than blocking tight end. You can make an argument for a higher ceiling for Pitts than any of the other tight ends that we'll take or mm-hmm. even after this draft. You can't make an argument higher than what Pitts is where he's basically one of the better wide receivers in the league and he plays tight end. Was he a wide receiver turn tight end? Nope, he's just one of the most athletic. Okay. He's going to play snaps at wide receiver. Okay. Even though he's a tight end. Ah. Alright, so Kyle Pitts goes off here third to Papa Bear Claw. Papa Bear Claw. He got him some pits. I just am happy when other people take him. I'm like, oh, now I don't have to make that decision. And that just leaves me somebody else because you took him instead. So another player that we've already mentioned, we have Dad Runner as our guest mock drafter today. He's one of our RDT chatters. So Dad Runner, (laughs) thank you for being part of our mock draft. We always love having you as a guest. Mm-hmm. Strong fatherly presence for half this. Uh, Very half this draft. Yes, we appreciate. We have two papas in this <laughs> mock draft. <laughs> Who's your daddy, Dad Runner? <laughs> no. Who's your daddy? <laughs> I don't know who no. he is, but I hear he runs. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's a speedy guy. <laughs> reel it in, reel it in. So the Iowa alum, correct? Like father, like Hawkinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dad picked his Hawkinson. <laughs> It totally makes sense. He had to pick him. And let's get real. The reason why Nick loves Hawkinson so much is he's a Iowa. He's an Iowa Hawkeye. Oh, no. You can't let him know. That's a secret. That is not a secret. <laughs> it is so out in the open. It's not even funny. Anyway, so number four, TJ Hawkinson came to Minnesota and blew it up. And I actually think he's going to, he's going to compete for tight end two. I think Kelsey's still going to be 
tight end one. But I think he's going to give Mark Andrews a run for his money. I think he's going to do better than Pitts. He'll he'll definitely, I think he'll definitely be tight end three. But there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. He has the awesome pedigree. I have three different Iowa tight ends in my top ten. Shocker. Uh, unfortunately, none of those are Fant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Noah Fant. What is with Iowa breeding, like, freakishly amazing tight ends? Are they just known for that? Tight end you. Yeah. Don't let these other places try to tell you. It's tight end you. Wait, is there, like, do they just have, like, an amazing coach to coach their tight ends into, like, awesomeness? Well, players are born in Iowa, and they're given a football, <laughs> then told and trained to be tight ends. Like, fed corn on a consistent basis, pushing hay bales, punching bags in barns, you know? So I can see the movie now. Like, we definitely need to have Hollywood on this creating that movie because I would watch it. <laughs> it's like the days of thunder of the football college world. Mm-hmm. At least we have that. As Hawkeye fans, we have tight ends in the NFL, which I love tight ends. Like, 30% of the top 10s tight ends for me in Dynasty are from Iowa. Yeah. Do we have any wide receivers that even make the rank sheets? Amir Smith, Marcent, barely, maybe at the bottom, like maybe kind of. Oh, so we have like Makai Sargent Who? floating around somewhere. <laughs> I don't even know Who? what team he's on now <laughs> at running back. It's like, oh, we have backup CJ Bethard. Oh, I remember him. Mm-hmm. We uh, we just hang our hats on our tight ends. Okay, that's fine. You know what? All the more power to Iowa because I love tight ends. So <laughs> TJ Hawkinson goes off to Dad Runner. Back to me, and it just so happens we have another. Hawkeye <laughs> coming up next. He's definitely Nick's doppelganger. When we logged on to StreamYard, I immediately was like, uh, hi, George Kittle. It could be the red shirt that Nick is wearing, but I went with George Kittle. You know, George Kittle is one of those players who I also hesitate to draft, and maybe that is really silly of me, but I feel like Kittle is like hot. When he's hot, he's really hot, but when he's cold, he's really cold. I feel like there's not as much consistency. Is it my imagination or do they use him in a lot of cases for blocking? He gets used in a lot of cases for blocking. He's also had injury things that limit him that play a role there. But you love Kelsey. It's because of his consistency of being a top tight end. If you throw out the 2020 season where he only played eight games, he played 14 or more games every single year. And then from 2018 on, that season where he only played eight games was the only time he finished lower than tight end four. So this is someone who is consistently one of the best. He hasn't even turned 30 yet. He's not like 55 like Kelsey. <laughs> Kelsey is not 55. <laughs> 55! <laughs> He's younger than me. Call me. <laughs> I picked Kittle over Pitts in the redraft guillotine league. Hopefully Kittle plays week one, but I picked him over Pitts just because he's been a top four tight end every year he's been healthy. We're still just hoping Pitts becomes that. I don't have any problem taking Kittle over Pitts. If you wanted to take Pitts for the longevity and hope that the ceiling, he could eventually be like George Kittle and then be six years younger or whatever. I 
I can understand the argument. Kittle is one of my targets in startups right now because he usually goes after Pitts. Yeah. He's usually the fifth tight end off the board, and he's locked in to probably be a top four tight end if he stays healthy. And you get him as the fifth tight end. That's the target guy I want because once you get past that, tight ends six, seven, or whatever, and on is just like a mix and match each week who's actually going to be the tight end one. And then whoever stays the healthiest ends up finishing as a tight end one in the back end there. The back end. It's super interchangeable. The difference between tight end nine and tight end 21 is not much. If that's the case, you either want to draft the latest one if you miss out on all the top ones or target one of the last top ones. And one of the last top ones every time is either George Kittle or Dallas Goddard. So I've been getting them a lot recently. Goddard, sometimes much later than this top five. I would actually rather bypass Kittle. I love Goddard. And as far as injury, Goddard has also sustained quite a bit of injury. So the argument could be made either way. I don't know why I tend to be more biased towards Kittle's injury than Goddard. If I can get Goddard at a more reasonable price than Kittle, I would rather wait and go to Goddard. But but we'll get to Goddard here in Uno Momento. So Kittle off the board. He is my second pick of this mock draft. Then we are back to Mr. Nick James. And he's going with a quarterback. So now is a good time to let you know that this is half point tight end premium for this pool party. One of my top 24 quarterbacks is Derek Carr. Do I hear a train? <laughs> Oh, no way. Yeah, I totally hear a train. Yeah, I, I can hear this train, too. <laughs> Womp, Coming in on the choo-choo train. Chugga-chugga-chugga-chugga. Come on, ride the train. <laughs> I think we are in the clear. The train has now left the station. Rode it. <laughs> Come on, ride the train. That was another Jock Jams classic. I refer to a lot of Jock Jams, I feel like, on this podcast. From trains to cars. Let's let's move vehicles, and we're going from locomotives to cars. Yeah, yeah. And this is a well-used car. <laughs> it's, it's not the newest car. Definitely a classic. <laughs> Has a couple owners. In North Carolina, you actually only you only need a safety inspection. It's old enough that you no longer need emissions. <laughs> so they paid car. There's a lot of like hate on car. For me, he just barely squeaks into like what would be my top 24 quarterbacks. His average stats last year put him at 21, but that's behind small samples like Jameis Winston and whatnot. He's consistently been good enough. He's only been a quarterback one once, and it was QB 12. Bless. <laughs> but he's also never finished lower than QB 20. You know what? Consistency wins fantasy football. So this isn't something I'm super excited to get. No? You're not excited about QB 12 to 20? But this is your <laughs> ideal QB3. Yeah. I like to get two of the top really good quarterbacks and then maybe I can wait even later than this or maybe Carr falls because a lot of people hate Carr but I like Olave. Maybe Michael Thomas stays healthy for one more shebang and then there's also Shahid. So Rashid Shahid. Mm-hmm. I just like saying his name. <laughs> Rashid Shahid. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Menacing. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but here in a tight end premium league it, it just depends. If I've already got two top quarterbacks i'm probably taking like goddard who went next to pop a bear claw instead of Carr. but if i only got one good quarterback at the beginning and i ended up with like gino as my qb2 go ahead and take Carr yeah. as my qb3 so i kind of lock in three 
three quarterbacks from probably are going to be top 20 guys that I can play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so car, so you often say to me when I'm, you know, looking for a little bit of drafting advice, which is frequently, who's the last quarterback that you're really comfortable taking when you're going to gamble a little bit at quarterback, because you want to fill in some value before quarterback car is that guy for me who I'm like, you know what? Like I might take a really awesome quarterback, like right up front, but then say, let's say my QB two, I'm going to punt a little bit pun intended, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to wait on my QB two. It was a football term. So figured I'd throw the nice. pun in there. That was good. That was you good. Like that. <laughs> That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Those quarterbacks are punting with <laughs> no. uh, some regularity. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are, but when you say that and you're like, who's the last quarterback that you're really comfortable taking that you want as your QB too. Carr mm-hmm. is the, the guy who comes to mind a lot that I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Just like you said, I'm not super excited, but I'm comfortable taking him in that position. Mm-hmm. Definitely comfortable taking him. Like I'm actually feeling really good if he's my QB three. Mm-hmm. So he is, he's just kind of quietly consistent. He's not an excitable quarterback, but he sort of always gets in there and gives you value where you've been able to take value elsewhere and still be okay in the quarterback position. Cousins, 35. Russell Wilson about to turn 35. Carr, like three years, two or three years younger than each of these guys. He's not washed necessarily either. He was doing okay last year before they sat him down. So, and to me, I feel like Kirk Cousins goes a little higher than I'm okay taking him in drafts. There is this Kirk Cousins phenomenon that happens every year. I almost feel like the Scott Fishbowl, people just have this thing where they love, like, Cousins is like their target quarterback. I don't know what it is. It's when accuracy plays into how your quarterback scores. Kirk Cousins is a high accuracy, low guy. upside, safe floor quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Okay. Isn't supposed to or whatever. So that's the pitch for him is that in the league where they reward efficiency, he's one of the more efficient quarterbacks. Okay. So it kind of gets him some love for that reason. Rather than taking necessarily Kirk Cousins, who also isn't, now I love Kirk Cousins as a person, but he's also not a super excitable quarterback to me. Oh, you like that? You like that? I do. I like that. Um, I love his target style or his, no, his Coles. I love Kirk Cousins' Coles style. I actually love how down to earth Kirk Cousins is, but I'd rather wait for Derek Carr, quite frankly. If I'm not going to be excited about either quarterback, Carr's a great target. So we have already discussed this tight end as well, and that is Dallas Goddard, who is one of my favorites. If I can grab him in a draft, I am feeling really happy. But sometimes I'm also unwilling to take a tight end in that position and I may boot tight end a little bit farther. I'm just weird about tight ends and drafts. I have this whole like either I want the best or I want to wait until like late. But Mm -hmm. Dallas Goddard, when he was on the field last year, he was definitely a favorite target of Jalen Hurts. He had some absolutely great games and he's a great tight end if he stays healthy. So your argument for sometimes a avoiding Goddard means that you're drawing the line at good tight end and everybody else. You're drawing it a little higher than where Goddard falls. Is that right? Yeah. That's I'm basically drawing
drawing my line right after Goddard. Okay. Like in this draft, I would not have picked another tight end for the rest of the draft, personally. After Goddard? Yeah. Like it was going to be that and then a whole lot of players who play other positions before I get back to another tight end. I just really want one of these top five. And usually I'm waiting for when it's like, all right, I'm not going to pick again for 25 picks. It's Kittle and Goddard there. I'll take Kittle. Or it's like, oh, I pick again in five picks. I'm not going to pick Kittle now. I would potentially pick Goddard if he fell. Or several of them are out there and several of them go and Goddard falls. Whenever he gets to me, I'm fine. Usually taking Goddard, which usually kind of ends up being in this range. After the top 24 wide receivers, probably mixed in more with like the back end RB2s, but probably after the uh, QB2s, that's when I'm trying to hit Goddard. But otherwise, I'm going to wait because the theory stay out of the middle with tight ends. Mm -hmm. I think the middle starts after Goddard, but you can make an argument that the middle starts after Andrews. So it's just where you draw the line. How old is Dallas Goddard? Not as old as Kelsey. (laughs) That was not what I asked. (laughs) No, that was an answer to your question. It was an answer, but it wasn't the right answer. (laughs) Not all questions require direct answers. It does require, I need the age. I need a number. (laughs) Uh He's a little over a year younger than Kittle. He's 28 and a half. So he's a year younger than Kittle? Yep, a little over a year. Is your Hawkeye bias the reason why you have Kittle higher than Goddard? No, I just like having top four (laughs) scoring players at their respective positions, especially when they previously had a Hawkeye logo on their helmet. (laughs) Mm, So there's the truth. (laughs) I mean, just saying. Where did Goddard finish last year? I mean, I know he had um, missed quite a few games with injury. Goddard was tied in five in average points per game last year. He did miss some games, so that was kind of gross. And guess who the four before him were? Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, and Andrews. So guys who we've already basically taken here who are the other four ones that we love as well. Yeah. Well, number five is Goddard there. You, you don't see Kyle Pitts here because Kyle Pitts mm. was significantly lower. Yeah. And another reason why the case for him is purely on upside. If he eventually hits ever there, you're going to see people who have believed the whole time who are extremely excited. But especially once you've already put it on paper where, oh, you got hurt last year. Now I haven't seen enough recently. What have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 dun. Yep, that's a, that's another you song. Yeah. Not a me song. <laughs> Back to dad. And our dad picked Debo Samuel. So Debo Samuel, lots of mouths to feed in San Francisco. Debo's been fairly consistent. He did come back down to earth last year. The year before, they were using him as a running back. They were using him as a wide receiver. They were using him as a friggin' coach. I think he was the water boy at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, you name it, he was playing it, and he he had a huge year. But last year, I mean, good, but came back down to earth. I think they mainly used him as a wide receiver. I don't think he did really much with the running back role. Debo. Okay, so we have Christian McCaffrey over there. We don't need Debo running the ball anymore. I don't know. Like, Debo's another one for me that's a little tricky. I don't mind taking him, but there's just, there's a lot going on in San Francisco. 
Francisco for me. Yeah, he was cool to invest in last year. He was 26, coming off a good season. But if you read between the lines, it's like how, oh, so Debo was really good the year before? Yeah, he was really good. He was the number three wide receiver when you go back to 2021. This guy was awesome. What was the odds that this all these weird ways to be used to be valuable was something that would be consistent and stick over year to year to year? Zero. This possibly could have been foreseen that it may not have continued at that rate with all the injuries to running backs that the 49ers were experiencing and whatnot. Just like all the cards fell perfectly for Debo to break out as everything you needed because everyone else was dead. You're not going to (laughs) be able to withstand playing all of the positions and not end up completely used up in one year. So there was no way they could continue running Debo the way that they were. He wasn't bad last year. He did only play 13 games last year. So I've been avoiding Debo. Yeah, I haven't taken him. Uh, I would have taken Goddard over Debo for sure. And there's a couple wide receivers we're going to get to here that I would have taken over Debo as well. Debo is in a tier from like wide receiver 30, 35. So not someone I'm super excited investing in now. He's 27 still in his prime. But well, when was he good? When he was not being like used like a wide receiver, more like a running back where their age plateau is sooner. So what is his? I like Ayuk. So it's hard to like Debo a lot. Yeah, and I think Ayuk is going to take a step up and Debo is going to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Ayuk already drafted. Ayuk and- Kittle already drafted. Or while well, CMC drafted. So, all right. So that's Debo. Dad runner. Meh. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> like there's Debo believers out there. I see it. And I'm grateful in the Debo believers so that I don't have to make that decision. If he falls far enough, I'm I'm more than happy to take him. But he's just one of those that I tend to find other players that I like better, like my next pick, especially in Dynasty. So my next pick, I don't know, I guess could have been a little bit of a reach here. I don't know. Jahan Dotson. Also has a little bit of, you know, QB meh. So last season, I believe at the beginning of the season, Dotson was actually wide receiver one material. Wasn't he leading in yards for the wide receivers in Washington? And then he got injured. Yeah, all three of the Washington wide receivers were like top teen wide receiver at the beginning of the season. But yep, you're absolutely right. He did uh, start hot, mostly due to multiple touchdowns had four touchdowns over the first four weeks of the season, but then he got hurt and didn't play for the next five. Yeah, and the thing about Washington is you've got Scary Terry McLaurin over there who is, how old is Terry McLaurin? He's getting up there. He's like, what, 87? Mm-hmm. Well, 27. Very close, oh, though. He's actually a little younger than I thought he was, but... He's about to turn 28. Okay, so getting up there in age, you know, Dotson is the, the young buck of the group and proved last year that he can handle a good bit of volume. So I see Dotson, especially on a dynasty roster, I see Dotson moving up and up and up like he's the future of the wide receivers over there. McLaurin did exit today with a toe injury. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. So for all of you people who have Dotson on your roster, you know, these are your moments. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, preseason moments. (laughs) These are your (laughs) preseason moments where you're like, oh my God, it's happening. 
happening. I like him. I don't, I don't know. There's just certain players. It's like Amon Ra. Dotson's going to be like my next Amon Ra. I'm excited to see him grow. And I think he's a value that you can really get and watch grow. Mm-hmm. He's like a little, he's like a little baby plant and he's going to grow and be mm-hmm. beautiful. Well, he's a little older now. So he's like from baby to just being a son. Toddler. He's like, a, he's a little son. He's a little son. <laughs> a little toddler son. <laughs> he's not, he's no son God. No, he is not. Not son with a U. <laughs> There's only one of those. <laughs> but like you said, up. Oh, Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin, toe injury. Here it is. Jahan Dotson. If you are on Twitter, you've probably seen Matt Harmon's reception perception thing for Jahan Dotson. It's just like greens everywhere. He's successful on all kinds of routes. He's hashtag good. (laughs) So it just depends on how good Howell is or maybe Brissett takes over. And obviously Curtis Samuel is there taking Mm -hmm. away a little bit. And Terry McLaurin has been the wide receiver one when he's been out there. But I, too, would prefer Jahan Dotson over Terry McLaurin. So I like the pick. Yeah. Honorable mention, Curtis Samuel is a guy that I love as a late-round draft pick. Just, you know, if you're just kind of filling in, I will draft Curtis Samuel. So you did mention Come him. Come on, ride the train. And ride it. Choo-choo. <laughs> Let's pick in another one. What do you say? You're up. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. I can't even see the board, but I know who I picked. <laughs> who did you pick in? <laughs> mm, well, we've already picked, let's see, 25, 26 wide receivers off the board. So it's getting down to slim pickings. <laughs> <laughs> I like George Pickens. We we've talked about him a little bit previously on mm-hmm. the last show, saying that he was he was in my top twenty four for wide receivers. So I would have liked him a little a little sooner. I debated him and Carr when I picked Carr. Mm. Yeah, I I was just gonna say, how come you didn't pick him first after your tight ends? Both Pickens and Carr are in my top twenty four at their respective positions. I like it. <sighs> do I like Dotson more? Ooh, do you? He's got to be there right there with him. Especially with a 28-year-old wide receiver up toe injury. Oh, man. Mm. You remember A.J. Green toe injury where it's like, he's good. Oh, wait. No, he's not. Oh, he's good. Oh, wait. No, he's not. So It's such a silly injury, but it can just be devastating. Both rookies from last year. I think Pickens could have been a first-round pick if it wasn't for the personality problems. He landed in a great spot to make that work. They traded Claypool last year. He was doing well last year. He's a good run-blocking wide receiver, as he loves to talk about. He's a good contested catch wide receiver. Maybe Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, and he's super young. So it's like it's all the things you want there. Uh, there's a lot of similar arguments there for Dotson, like I was saying there. So both these guys are some of my favorites. McLaurin, I like to kind of dodge him, let someone else take a 28-year-old wide receiver while I'm taking other things like Goddard and Carr or even Pickens here for this example. If this is someone you have on your team, you've got somebody you can play every week. He's probably a top 24 wide receiver every week he plays. So Unless he has a toe injury. Yep. So as long as he doesn't stub his toe again, then... (laughs) Stub his toe. <laughs> I try to avoid McLaurin, and I'd much rather have Dotson on a dynasty squad. I feel like McLaurin goes a lot higher than this. Am I crazy to think that? In redraft, at least. Like, they yeah, probably sure. be- believe that McLaurin's going to do what he's done previously again. Well, it's only He's only 28. 
what's the big deal. But then again, Toe recently. Mm, yeah, that's not good. The dots and truthers are probably coming out of the woodworks right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did this draft before that happened as well. Yeah. So I can't blame like Papa if for some reason he wouldn't take him here now, but I don't have any problem with the pick. You know, not to go backwards here, but I do also like Pickens. I at first did not love Pickens. Just a little bit of recency bias. I've admitted I'm really bad about that. But you know, thinking about year two, you had a rookie QB, you had a rookie wide receiver. Pittsburgh was a little bit of a mess last year. Going into this year, they've had time to mesh together. They've had time to really like probably in the off season, do some bonding, little kumbaya. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this to Pickens. I'm going to give him another chance. I have recently started to pick him more than I had. I think it could be a really good thing for him. They're both young QB wide receiver. They practically have the same name. It's very similar. It gets very confusing. Pickett and Pickens. I like it. It's like Nick and Noble, Pickett and Pickens. So there you go. I yeah. love it. It's like it's like naughty and nice. It's totally. <laughs> Pickett and Pickens, Noble and nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I like how I'm nice because we definitely know who's naughty. Oh. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> I've said it before, gods win, mortals lose. The problem is is that Baker Mayfield is certainly a mortal. <laughs> oh, so speaking of Baker Mayfield. He, he was announced starter today. So we also Yay! did this draft before that was announced as well. Not that it, you'd be more excited for Trask, but it's just... It's so gross. It's hard to guess what the difference between Brady to Mayfield is going to be for Godwin. Oh my God, it's so gross. He's been okay with different quarterbacks previously. So it hasn't necessarily, he hasn't needed a good quarterback to be good, but maybe that takes a little icing off the top of the cake with Godwin, which is probably why he falls to here. I think I'd still probably prefer him over Terry McLaurin, even before the toe injury. Yeah, agreed. I would take Godwin over Scary Terry, but yeah, so maybe Dad Runner got a little bit of a gift here. He went with Godwin, as Nick mentioned. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think Evans and Godwin both could be a little QB proof. Yeah, Evans just turned. 30. Yeah, Evans is definitely old balls. Godwin's only 27. I don't know their mm-hmm. birthdays like Nick does. He could tell you how many like days away from turning 28 he is. I mean, Godwin's good. I, now, I had to pick him in. I picked him in Speakeasy, my live draft a couple weeks ago, week ago, whatever that was. And I literally had a temper tantrum. I'm, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I had a complete meltdown temper tantrum. I was so mad I had to pick him. And it's redraft. I shouldn't have been upset. But his QB situation does make me nervous. But then people are like, he's QB proof. He's fine. He's going to be fine. He he probably is. Mm-hmm. On my dynasty team, am I excited about him? No. He's kind of the guy that's going to be the here and now. You know, you might want to move him ASAP because he's not going to be around probably and, and make a real impact for a whole lot longer. I have some mixed reactions because in dynasty, I doubt very much that it's Mayfield next year. Mm-hmm. So potentially QB upgrade, assuming they still are keeping Godwin around there. He's only 27 and a half. He's been a wide receiver one 
before, he's hashtag good. It just depends on the situation. He's going to be a good player. So this year, he's the one you take when you missed out on all the guys where it's exciting what they could end up being if they were worth, maybe they're worth more than where you're getting them right there. Godwin might be worth a little bit more, but you're not excited about it. But I'd rather have him than a lot of guys after him that are older or a lot more question marks or haven't seen it yet. At least with him, you've seen it. You know he's good. And then there's always next year and he's not super old next year and has been good. So, all right, he's a safe pick that his bottom won't fall out of his value where, oh, dang, he's worth half as much next year now. I don't think that's going to happen with Godwin. It just depends on what his next quarterback is. And arguably, I mean, because Tampa Bay doesn't have the strongest quarterback could be playing from behind lots of throws maybe some kind of junk stuff coming his way yard lots of yardage i mean is that a possibility Mm -hmm. and evans is old too and there's no crazy antonio brown there so could be a whole lot of speaking of another crazy train whole lot of godwin could be a great pick there moving on to other non-exciting picks (laughs) it's kind of the pits Mm, that's the pits man he is he is the pits man i don't like this pick i really don't i don't i avoid him at all costs people are probably like who do you pick um hi i'm in ross st brown and i'm done Mic drop. Michael Pittman, he is the wide receiver one in Indianapolis. He does have a mm-hmm. rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. who was named the quarterback. Gardner Minshew will be, you know, the backup. Anthony Richardson has a ton of talent, but he needs he needs a little bit of like reeling in. Is that what I understand about Anthony Richardson? Maybe a little wild? Absolutely wild. What's tantalizing <laughs> about him is his athletic upside. He's like a freak, right? Where there's the added rushing bonus in leagues where you're getting 10 yards a point for rushing instead of 25 yards a point for passing where he's a cheat code and he helps you win your league by those aren't things that necessarily add to Pittman's points. Right. <laughs> I was just going to say, so that takes away like a Lamar Jackson, you know, is this going to hurt Pittman's value a little bit? So yes, while Pittman's a wide receiver one, he doesn't always feel like a wide receiver one with a quarterback that likes to run the ball. Yep, and last year, nobody's going to go out and say that Matt Ryan was awesome. (laughs) But Matt Matt Ryan did throw a lot, and Pittman got to be a beneficiary of that, and it got gross later, Mm -hmm. and he still sustained at least some value. He only missed one game. He finished just the wide receiver 20. Uh, These are all great reasons to like Pittman. If Anthony Richardson is awesome, and the number one or number two wide receiver on the team also benefit from that, Pittman's going to be the beneficiary. He doesn't have anybody he's going to be competing with to who might be better than Pittman. I don't think so. Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, these guys are not overtaking Pittman at X. He's going to be out there all the time. And he's young. He's just, it's unsexy. It's like... <laughs> it's so not sexy. I picked Michael Pittman. <laughs> yeah, who went next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, he, he deserves to be here. It's like shaved armpits versus hairy armpits. None of that's sexy. It's an armpit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all Pit picks are not sexy. Not good. Not sexy. <laughs> All right. Well, good points about Pittman as far as like where he stands on the team and not having any competition, but just unsexy to quote Nick on that. So mm-hmm. moving right along from our unsexy picks.
pick to perhaps, I don't know, another unsexy pick. Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh was your pick up next. Yeah, last year he wasn't a wide receiver two, but the year before that he was a wide receiver one. And the year before that he was a wide receiver two. But each of these years, 147 targets, 169 targets, 144 targets. He's gotten targeted a ton. He was criticized for, for dropping the ball when in all reality that just means they're throwing at you a lot when you have like lots of drops it just means you've had lots of chances to catch the ball it's a weird stat it's like oh I don't like him because he drops the ball well he's only dropping the ball because I threw it at him yeah you want somebody who's getting thrown at (laughs) (laughs) yep and last year he did play all 17 games and it was Pickett's first year and it wasn't necessarily the prettiest thing it's a quarterback who had more interceptions than passing touchdowns and had less than 10 of each so it's the quarterback situation wasn't something where there was like a great pie there for him to be good but still even with that a ton of ton targets so back-to-back Pittsburgh wide receivers they're taken outside the top 24 wide receivers as you can see them being drafted here they're both guys that have a decent chance to be in those top 24 wide receivers and you get them here outside of it nice I'm gonna buy you flowers Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so back to a rookie we've got Zay Flowers in Baltimore Papa's pick I'm gonna be honest I try personally to avoid Baltimore wide receivers. I just don't love Baltimore wide receivers. I feel like there's always a huge question mark. I'm sure Zay Flowers is a perfectly capable wide receiver. I just never know how they're going to use wide receivers in Baltimore. So do I think he's absolutely worth a pick here? Yes. I just am glad I didn't have to make that decision. Do you like the pick here? So I have him tiered with like Debo, McLaurin, and Godwin, where he's worth about the same, but they're completely different kinds of bets. Like Debo, McClure, and Godwin have a floor where they're going to be at least somewhat. They're going to be at least playable. It's just how good are they going to be. With Zay Flowers, it's a rookie and you don't really know. Mm -hmm. He wasn't necessarily thought to be a first round pick until closer to the draft. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, Zay Flowers, first round and then he goes in the first round. So, he was someone whose hype kind of rose over the offseason up until the draft. When he went to Baltimore, he fell back down. He was typically like the 9th to 11th, 12th. Every once in a while, he might go to the very beginning of the second round, depending on when you were drafting, how many running backs were going or tight ends for that matter. But he's showing out in preseason. It's like there's highlights circulating on Twitter where he's shaking someone out of their boots on a route. I can say that now because I live in Nashville. (laughs) You country bumpkin, <laughs> you. Uh, Bateman's almost back. Oh. They signed OBJ, who has alluded that he might retire after the season. As he and should. And they spent a first-round pick on Zay Flowers. Lamar Jackson has been a fantasy MVP before. He's thrown for a ton of touchdowns before. He's thrown for yards before. It's happened before, and he has an offensive coordinator that's more focused on passing, and Lamar's going to do more. And it's just like all the hype sounds like it's going to be better on offense for the Baltimore Ravens. I like Zay Flowers and probably even a little bit more than I did right after the draft. Okay, cool. Yep, so Zay Flowers was Papa Bear Claw's pick and then we are moving into the multi, multi, multi-million dollar Christian Kirk who was picked up by a dad runner. Christian Kirk's got some competition over there with Calvin Ridley coming back. Another player that I am shocked a little bit is going as high as he is is Calvin Ridley. I know Calvin Ridley was a stud, but then he's not played in over a year, had lots of 
of different things going on. So where does that leave Kirk? There's, I just feel like there's several question marks in Jacksonville right now. Obviously, Kirk was the man last year with Calvin Ridley not being on the field. Don't think Kirk will see the same volume now being spread between him and Ridley, but I think Kirk probably will still be a go-to wide receiver. We talked uh, about Kirk after the season a little bit where, yeah, he was a wide receiver one as far as total points were concerned, but it wasn't super sexy. Unsexy. With a whole lot of frequency. He was just making your flex most of the time and then sometimes not even making your flex, so it wasn't necessarily super sexy with Kirk. Ridley often goes right before Kirk. That's too much for me. Like Kirk totaled into wide receiver 11 last year. I'm still going to bank on at least the guy who put up wide receiver 11 season last year over the guy who I hope from three years ago where he was pretty decent. For for me, I'd prefer Kirk, but I have their values very close. Kirk over Ridley? I have them basically tied as far as how I score them, but I would prefer Kirk to Ridley. So you would never pick Ridley where he's going right now? Uh, I've gotten no Ridley and I've never been close. I go to set the queue, he's already gone. I gotta be honest, I'm shocked where Ridley is going. I'm fine with it because that means value drops, but I'm like, what is happening? Do you guys realize he's not been on a football field in a very long time? Well, I'll tell you what, Trevor Lawrence's wide receiver two, Zay Jones, was good last year and you could play him. Yeah. He's only okay. Ridley's better than that. Well, okay. So you give Ridley his work, what do you get out of Ridley? So that's kind of the allure of why you want a Calvin Ridley, potentially. But do you really want a question mark that high? No, I don't. Kirk isn't even 27 yet. He will be at some point during this season. So there's more years with that with Christian Kirk, with Calvin Ridley. He's about to turn 29. You're banking that after a long off period that he bounces back and he's worth owning and then he's worth owning next year at 29 years old. It's like... I would much rather bank on Kirk this year being pretty close to the same. Maybe Ridley ends up being a little better and I'm wrong, but then next year you definitely want Kirk more than Ridley at 29, right? Arguably Ridley like is technically a year fresher than 29 though, because he didn't play for a year. Yeah, different with wide receivers. It's <laughs> running backs definitely an argument a year beating, but yeah. mm, I okay. don't know. All right. Well, enough about the multi, multi, multi million dollar Kirk. Mm -hmm. Let's go to backs to me. Another guy who this is, I am very curious how this year is going to play out. I took James Cook here. James Cook listed as the RB1 in Buffalo. Interesting season for him last year. We didn't see a whole lot of James Cook. The only competition he has in Buffalo right now is they brought on Damian Harris from the Patriots and they have Latavius Murray over there. But James Cook, sophomore year, Maybe this is who they're going with. I mean, you've got Josh Allen runs the ball so much. I don't think that they ever really need a a super superior running back because Josh Allen does a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So James Cook, I don't love James Cook as a running back. I'm not targeting James Cook in any drafts, but I'll take a stab at him if he falls in the right place. So I did take him here. Not super excited because I just don't know. This year I think is going to be a make or break it year for me as far as fantasy value 
you. Let me hype you up a little bit here with James Cook. Please do. I think they signed Damian Harris because it was going to be Damian Harris between the tackles, James Cook catching passes, a duo. Mm -hmm. Well, Damian Harris, who has struggled with health, is currently injured, and they lost Naheem Hines for the season already. Mm -hmm. The stars are kind of aligning where it's like, James Cook, you're not necessarily fitted for this role, but we don't have anybody better, so you're going to play all these roles. So I love the pick. I really like the pick. You absolutely snipe me here. (laughs) Yes! I have him tiered in two players that are completely different. It's with Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry, where it's like older players who might be good now, probably going to be worth a lot less next year. And then James Cook, who might be good now and will still have value going forward. So I absolutely love the James Cook pick here. I like him kind of in that wide receiver tier where we were talking with Zay Flowers. And I like him better than the rookie RBs, which might be a little bit of a hot take. People probably like one, two, three of the rookie RBs that are going at the end of first rounds, Kendry Miller, Zach Charbonnet, and Devon Chain more than James Cook. I would prefer James Cook at least at this point. Okay. Well, good deal. That did hype me up a little bit. Now I'm super excited. <laughs> you know what? Feeling a little bit like a movie star. And speaking of movie stars, I think Hollywood is in my sights. Mm-hmm. Going all Hollywood on you, I suppose, here. <laughs> Marquise Brown, when we did this draft, he was still not playing and recovering from injury or whatever. He's back. He's back. It's going to be gross at quarterback for the first several weeks of the season. This is going to be the worst quarterback to have throwing you the ball for the until Kyler Murray returns. It's going to be Clayton Toon or Colt McCoy or someone worse. <laughs> Which is really bad. But at least he's the wide receiver one. Yay! It's not Hopkins. And then they've got, like, rookie Michael Wilson, who they picked in the middle of rounds. And then, uh, who knows, like, Rondale Moore, a little bitty guy. Like, Marquise Brown, not necessarily a big guy, but uh, this guy's been good before, at least on a per-game basis for stretches. Yeah. I like Marquise Brown. He's one of my favorite guys to pick at wide receiver outside of the top 24 wide receivers. Like, in this draft, we picked him at wide receiver. 34. I'm perfectly fine taking an investment as a wide receiver three when he could be into the wide receiver two at the end of the season, which that's another thing where it's like, we're looking at perspectives here. If you're looking at, I need to score as many points every week of the season as I can. Maybe Marquise Brown isn't your best guy because it might not be great at the beginning of the season, but by the end of the season, and it could be okay, good enough at the beginning of the season. And he's not as old as like Terry McLaurin, Godwin. He's younger than these guys. Let's see. Just turned 26. So he's younger than a lot of these guys, too. He's just now getting to what would be his prime, uh, historically at least. So absolutely love Marquise Brown. Went all Hollywood on this pick. (laughs) I like your pick probably more. Thank you. I'm satisfied with my consolation prize of Marquise Brown. Okay. Well, I made your decision for you. I made your decision easy. So let's move from all Hollywood to all not so Hollywood. We've got all suspended. All jail time. <laughs> no, no. No. 
maybe, no. Maybe just your roster jail. Roster jail. Roster jail. We got Jameson Williams. Papa went with. So Jameson Williams had an ACL tear. He was returning from an ACL tear that he suffered in college. Correct. Coming into last year. Oh, he was held out. I'm sorry for the first 11 games with the ACL. Mm-hmm. He is suspended going into this season, which is a pretty significant amount of the season. But remember, this is dynasty. Maybe you're not picking him up for this year. Maybe you're trying to take value for future years. He is only 22. Six games suspended. I really feel like the only thing that you need to know about the Detroit Lions is Amon Ross St. Brown. So there's that. The person who benefits from this, Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't know. I don't have much to say about Jamison Williams because I really haven't seen the dude play that much. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of talent, right? He's like <laughs> an incredibly talented wide receiver that nobody's really seen him play, except for in college. Mm-hmm. Fond memories of Jamison Williams. Uh, he was the late first round before the NFL draft. Uh, he uh, got picked in the first round, and like Mike said last week, traded up for him. It's like, uh, it hurt though. Yeah, that's a shame. So, sitting and waiting. Oh, now he's also suspended. Oh, God. So, we're waiting some more, and oh, now he's also hurt, so he's not even going to play for the rest of the preseason, and then he's going to be suspended. So, it's rough with Jamison Williams, but what you do have is a first round wide receiver, eventually. Maybe. That's where perspective comes in, where, let's say you're drafting and you're trading picks and getting accumulating first next year because you're trying to be bad this year and be good next year. Jamison Williams is perfect. Doesn't improve your max PF at all. Like, he's not cracking your starting lineup. Having him on your team has some value, but isn't scoring any points. So those are great players to collect when your picks are determined by max points for. Well, and if your IR is set to allow suspended players, he's really not even taking up a position on your bench. He's sitting on your IR. Mm -hmm. For me, Jamison Williams would definitely fall like a whole nother draft. I've been absolutely out on him, but where he goes here is a lot closer to what his actual value is. I have no uh, problem with that, especially with a long-term perspective. It's just most of my teams are in a window to be able to win right now, and he's someone who it's like you got to wait a long time, and then it may not even be great. But then again, it's end of season is what you care about. I need someone who scores the most points weeks 15, 16, and 17 to help me win the championship. I just need to get there. Well, he may not be great at helping you get there, but maybe he's good by the end of the year. I don't have a problem with it. Mm. I'm not really a patient person, so I'm Mm -hmm. kind of out on Jamison Williams. But somebody I'm not really out on and also another really intriguing pick by Seattle was Zach Charbonnet. Nice. Nailed it. Nailed it. So Zach Charbonnet, really surprising pick by Seattle because of course they have Kenneth Walker who did really well last year. So why are we picking another running back? So that kind of put a little question mark over Kenneth Walker. I also think it added a lot of value to Charbonnet. You know, he's going a little higher because it's like, well, they must want to do something over there. Maybe a committee running back. Maybe they're trying to save on both of their running backs. But Zach Charbonnet goes to a dad runner. I don't have a problem with the pick here. I definitely, when I'm trying to gather running back value who may see the field immediately, he's on my list as a little bit of a later in the draft pick. Yeah, in that 32 team league, I ended up getting him as my RB2. There's a decent chance that there's two and then sometimes three running backs in that backfield 
backfield that have fantasy relevance in a given week. And then we've already seen this season, in the preseason, offseason, him get hurt, Kenneth Walker get hurt, and then even Kenny McIntosh, the running back they picked in the seventh round, also got hurt. <laughs> DJ Dallas is out there filling in. Oh, Lord. Kenneth Walker gets hurt again later in the season. Zach Charbonnet, boom. He's probably yeah. someone you definitely want to start that week or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Kenneth Walker's healthy. They're both healthy. He still might be flex-worthy. So he kind of falls in this range of running backs where it's like you're not super excited if he's your RB2, but mm. he's probably going to be playable most weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I like having him on my roster because it's kind of like they're gonna. I feel like they're going to play him. They didn't pick him there if they weren't going to play him. Mm-hmm. And that's talking our assumptions here, which is 12 teams, super flex, PPR, 120 started. He's flex worthy. Nice. So dad runner with some sharp action there. So our last row of drafts here, rounding out the top 24. I know you said that you wouldn't have picked another tight end in this top 24 after Goddard. However, I disagreed with that. (laughs) And I picked another tight end because tight ends are my favorite. And I think he's going to be freaking good. Another one who's battled a little bit of injury. (laughs) Okay, a lot of injury, let's face it. I should be having recency bias. And I probably do in my real drafts. But I picked Waller here. Not because I love tight ends, but Waller's a baller. I think he's going to be fire on the Giants in New York. He is going to be really freaking good if he can stay healthy. I went ahead. I know that you're going to give me a million reasons why you wouldn't pick a tight end here. I know your reasoning because we've talked about it a million times, but I think Waller is a perfectly capable and good tight end to have on my roster at this point. I don't know that I should have picked him over the next pick though, but (laughs) like... But anyway, I do like Waller. I like having him. And I think as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be a freaking fireball out there. When we talked about drawing the line with tight ends, reminder, this is tight end premium. You could argue that you could draw the line after Waller because he really could be the very best wide receiving threat for Daniel Jones, who was a QB1 last year with a bunch of mix and match wide receivers. He could be much more valuable than these guys were taking here. For me, I would have to list off like 20 different reasons why I wouldn't be taking Waller here, including all the QB threes, more or less. <laughs> You're the queen. You love tight ends. So I had to throw another pick here, even though I'm off the Waller. Well, and let's face it, it's a tight end pool party. So we couldn't round out the top 24 without at least one more tight end. So you're welcome. I think we could have. I did it. But we did I, not. I think we could have. <laughs> no, I disagree. All right. Moving into your pick, who I love. I actually have gotten a lot of him this season, especially in redraft. Tell him who that is. I'll let you do the honors. So I disliked my pick. <laughs> no way. What? I picked Alexander Madison, and when I did it, I'm in my head, I'm like, all right, this is going to be with, like, an asterisk. All right, assuming they don't sign, like, Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette. Oh, please. Please don't. Please Assuming stop. he's healthy. <laughs> assuming he gets a decent share of work instead of just split three ways with, between him, Ty Chandler, and Dwayne McBride, then Alexander Madison deserves to go here. But in all reality, for me, it's like a tier of seven players or so. Kind of 
in the Jaguar wide receiver range, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. God. Also, the wide receiver who goes at the very end of this draft in the same tier. But then, tiered in with uh, running backs like Devon Chain, Alvin Kamara, James Conner. I, I like him kind of in those range. I get it. He's younger than like Kamara and Conner, but there's just so much risk where Conner and Kamara are still going to be good for X amount of time. I would even like Kendra Miller more than any of those guys. Just hoping that within the first three weeks he impresses, earns a good role next to Alvin Kamara, and then takes over in a following year. I think that could happen. Fingers crossed. I like Kendra Miller a lot. I hope he's not your Kayshawn Vaughn of the Miller variety. I really should have probably went ahead and just picked Kendra Miller. He still hadn't played in preseason when we did this draft, so a little too wary. Went ahead and picked Alexander Madison, even though I view them really close. These are great running back threes to draft. I'm not sure which one. I went ahead and went with Alexander Madison, but I could definitely go lots of ways here. The multi-way Madison. I like it. I actually really like Madison this year. Madison, arguably the RB1 behind Dalvin Cook, RB1 for many years, and now he gets his opportunity, and you're trying to tell me that they're not going to let him be an RB1? They paid him, just not a lot. They didn't pay him like they believed in him. You know what? Then use him up. Then use him up, and then dispose of him, and I'm fine with that. I need one (laughs) season. It's all I need. So, I don't know. I like your pick. Well, you're going to get a couple at least. At least he's paid. I like your pick. I think think it'll be fine. I know there's a lot of arguments. Either you love him or you kind of hate him, but... Well, if you scratch running backs who are 28 and older off your draft list, (laughs) then he definitely should be there. I know you don't like him probably because of his age. I got it. Well, no, Madison's fine at 25. He's definitely in what has probably already been his best years of his career as far as who he could have potentially been, though he was trapped behind Dalvin Cook, so maybe he hasn't absorbed as many touches. Maybe it'll be like a Derrick Henry story or something. Uh, There's some risk there, because they could also sign Fournette, and then all of a sudden Alexander Madison, you can't even get him in tier flex. So there's that risk. Mm, That would be off a chain. Yeah, it was off a chain next pick, at least. A chain, chain! So, moving into one of the backfields that might be the most confusing over the Patriots backfield. I have to say right now, I'm like, what is happening? Because I feel like the Dolphins and the Patriots have switched roles because the Patriots don't have as many running backs. Devon Achain goes uh, at Papa Bear Claw's final pick. Miami. They have like 372 running backs. One of them being Miles Gaskin. I just want to say for the record. Are you sure? They're <laughs> holding on to him because he's making a comeback. It's not a comeback. He's been here for years. Don't call it a comeback. Yep. Him and Salvin Ahmed. Now, Miami has also been dabbling in some Jonathan Taylor. So a chain, mm-hmm. the rookie, you may think is going to come in and be like the man. But if they bring Jonathan Taylor on, this is really going to hurt a chain. If that's the case. And it was the worry was Dalvin Cook before, but then now Dalvin Cook's on the Jets. So it wasn't that. Yeah. And it was, oh, maybe maybe even like Zeke. Oh, no, Zeke's on the Patriots, Patriots. now. You got Fournette still hanging around. Him and Kareem Hunt still hanging around. Yeah. If he could dodge both those bullets, I can pull for a chain. Yeah, I don't have much a chain. I really don't. I don't know. I just don't. I'm kind of trying to stay away from, other than Miles Gaskin, who I probably still have plenty of shares of. I'm just 
staying away from Miami. Jeff Wilson's gross. What? Gross. He is gross, but he is sometimes like a really, really, really late dart throw. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Still before Gaskin. I mean, maybe. <laughs> and Raheem Mostert, who might even be the RB1 there. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just a weird backfield for me. Yep, it's tough to figure out, but Devon Chain, not necessarily big, but he is super explosive, and they did pay for him with draft capital enough to consider him. So it could work out. If it doesn't work out this year, it could work out next year. So this is kind of an insulated pick here. I don't mind it at all. Me, I prefer Kendra Miller. <laughs> I, I like his path better. And he's not hurt with the chain is got hurt after we Papa drafted him here. So once again, can't blame him for that. Yeah. Okay. And then last to round out our top 24, which we thought this was going to be a short show. And instead we're like way, way long. But our last pick of our mock draft goes to our, our actual Papa here, our father, our dad runner. And it is none other than Pooper Scooper Pooper, <laughs> Pooper Scooper Cooper, <laughs> Amari Cooper. I, I have to say he was Pooper Scooper Cooper for me up until last year. And then last year I had a little regret that I was being such a jerk about Amari Cooper. He did pretty well. So I'm actually a little surprised Amari Cooper's going as late in this as he is. I feel like he would be okay even going sooner. Am I crazy to think that? Nope, not at all. He definitely would normally go sooner. And I was saying it to Dad Runner in the draft. Like, I almost just, like, stopped the draft. Like, hold on. Go back to my pick with Madison. I'm going to go ahead and take Amari Cooper. <laughs> you hated Madison. You hated him. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's, like, so conditional that he would actually be worth this right here. It could happen. It's just, eh. But Amari Cooper is 29 years old. He did better with Brissett than he did with Watson last year. Granted, Watson coming back, you know, warm up. I totally get it. He had a couple good games at the end of the season. That makes sense too. And then going into this year is Donovan Peoples-Jones and Cedric Tillman who is playing a lot in preseason. It's still David Ring My Bell hanging out there somewhere. Ringing faintly in the distance. (laughs) I had to. Nope. Amari is no longer Pooper Scooper of the Cooper variety. Yeah. Cleaned up his... Yeah. Like, if you look back, like, a few years, even Austin Hooper, who is probably the new Pooper Scooper Hooper. I was going to say, which rhymes <laughs> with Pooper Scooper. We got Cooper, Pooper, Scooper, and Hooper. Maybe I can dish that off to him, and we can elevate Amari Cooper to a respectable range. But here, you're getting him as a late wide receiver three. Huge value. That's fine. Huge value at this pick. That's fine. Yeah. That rounds out our 24 in this pool party. Hope you brought your towels. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. The pool mm. is closed. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so this is the top. How many picks is that? It was 72 coming into today. So we're up to 96. Yeah. And the only pick that Nick truly regrets out of all of this is, is Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I regret Waller more. <laughs> you don't like my Waller pick? Did you yeah, hate it? It was off the Waller. You hated it. Mm. I had to pick. I I'm sorry. I was not leaving the tight end pool party without picking one more tight end. I had to do it. You successfully picked half tight ends. Congratulations. It's fine. You can make fun of me if you want. I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So maybe listen to everybody except for me. Although I did get some. I sniped Nick a couple of times. So I definitely, he liked my Dotson pick and he loved my James Cook pick. And he liked 
my Pittman pick, even though I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it, but you did. It was all good picks. And then I just really failed in the last round. Yeah, just screwed it up. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm being honest, I probably would have taken Madison, and you still would have hated my pick. <laughs> I would have said, oh, you picked someone in my tier at least. Okay. Then I could have picked Kendra Miller. Oh my God. Somebody give this guy Kendra Miller already. Facts. All right. Well, we are out of time. This has been a lot of fun. I hope that you guys enjoyed the Nick and Noble show tonight. Uh, we did miss our Papa of the Pod, but uh, we were able to still give you a awesome tight end pool party. What do we got up next, Nick? We probably only have one more podcast that's going to come out before the season, so hopefully we'll see you one last time before football kicks off for this year. Well, as always, we thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to any new listeners who are listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow. Check us out on Twitter. Say hello. Leave a comment. X. I'm sorry. The app. Wakanda forever. The app formerly known as Twitter. Stop by. Say hey. Let us know that you're enjoying our podcast. Thank you for supporting us. So we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true and live long and prosper. Peace. Bye. Good night.